Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek. Welcome to Pretty Dece Director's Cut. This is episode three. This is the show where we... Do a deep dive on some of the entertainment and pop culture news and topics uh, of the past couple weeks or so since the last time we did an episode. We can spend some more time on it, talk in depth a bit, bit more than the normal Pretty Dece episodes. And on this episode of Director's Cut, I am joined by my usual cohorts. We've got Scott. What's up, Scott? Hey, how's it going? And Ross is here. How's it going, Ross? Greetings. Greetings. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a little bit since we've done this, since I was away on vacation for a while, but it's good to be sitting back down, back around the the virtual boardroom table that I imagine that we do these at. Indeed, you look refreshed. <laughs> well, thank you. You look great. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have this experience or not, but like, I mean, I'm, I think everyone does. I think I think it's a universal human thing. You you need to go on vacation to go to get refreshed, right? It's like, a, oh, man, I just need a break. You you get a break, you sure. feel good, and then you come back, and like the day one back undoes all of the relaxation. That <laughs> oh no! Had. Don't tell me that I have that tomorrow. This is the last day of my <laughs> vacation, and tomorrow I'm back to work. Don't say that. I definitely so I, I I was gone on vacation for two weeks, which is a luxurious amount of time to be on vacation. Which uh, it, I it's, it's amazing that I have the opportunity to take two week long vacations sometimes. Um, but then I am just naturally like an anxious person and having been gone from, from work for that long becomes this like super anxious, like build up like ball of, of stress for some reason. I'm just like, <laughs> what has happened since I've been gone? Like, did everything burn down? Like what's going on? And, um, <laughs> yeah, like I, so that, like that, like last day or so is always terrible. And then, yeah, then, then like remembering that, like. Oh, you have to get up and then like be here for like eight hours a day, every Whoa. day. Oh, I still got to do that. All yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we didn't change the hours while I was gone. Yeah, uh, but no, I'm back in the in the swing of of daily life now, and it's uh, it's, it's happening, <laughs> which is good. So anyway, since the last time we we talked, we we've all been getting into some stuff, so it'd probably be good to just do a general like. What you've been playing, what you've been watching, like what sort of geeky, nerdy, entertainment-y things have you been getting into since our last episode? So, um, Ross, why don't you kick things off? What's What's been new on your plate that you've been into? So, I've kind of, uh, I haven't had a ton of time, but I've really enjoyed the time that I've had to, to dive into a couple things. Um, the first being, uh, so I think I told you and everybody that I got a switch at some point. Yep. And I was perusing the different games that were on the switch. Um, I've since taken a cannonball uh, into Zelda breath of the wild. Nice. And that has been really satisfying from somebody that has played a few Zelda games, but not like every Zelda title that's come out. And just the, the new take on the traditional formula has been really fun. Um, I think I, I texted Scott this, uh, maybe last week and said like, I finally filled in the map, which was, a, which was a very cathartic, like, I don't know, 
de-stressing sort of experience. Yep. Not that I was like super stressed about out about a video game, but it just like felt good to see that like last big square fill in. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I finally made it over that place because it takes you like four years to walk across that map because I'm not going to catch a horse. That's for sure. <laughs> um, it is it is shocking how long it took me to fill the map up. Like I played for so many hours of that game before I was even close to finishing just like the map. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of liked it though. Like I liked that it took, I wasn't, I guess when I, when I was working through the story, I didn't feel a big pressure. And so it was, it was an achievement. It was a, Oh my gosh, I did it. Yeah. But it was really fun. The the build up, getting to it, you know, so many of the, the games that we kind of roll through, there's this push to get to end end game content. Yeah. And I thought for Zelda, I really did enjoy the journey to get there. Like it really was fun getting, trying to build up different armor pieces and different, I did the, the goal wasn't, gosh, I need to unlock all the map. It's gosh, I need to see what's over that hill. What's over that hill over there? Yeah. Yeah. I think that 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 exploration, yeah, definitely was more the, the goal than actually, you know, beating the game, which is so rare for a game that, (laughs) <laughs> that just like knowing what's out there in the world is is like enough of a an incentive um to to keep playing like you know that's that doesn't happen yeah. very often exactly and i've been playing with um like my girlfriend and i have been playing in parallel with one another sometimes like i'll sit and watch her play and sometimes she'll sit and watch me play but often like so on the on the weekends i normally play xbox with scott and a couple of other people and so while i do that she plays zelda and so like, I come back and I see her. I was like, where did you get that? Like, I didn't even know that existed. Like, she got a full the full <laughs> rubber armor set. And I was like, I had not stumbled upon that at all. Because I hadn't, like, taken that explore. I, I'm very much an objective-based person. And while I don't need, like, the arrow over it, I need to know, like, okay, so I'm trying to beat this boss, and that boss does electric damage, so I need to have, like, water weapons or whatever. Yeah in any other game and so like i will just do what needs to be done so i can beat the next big objective whereas she's like oh i climbed that rock it took me a long time but i did it and i found this thing <laughs> on top of it oh i should probably do more of that so i tried to expand and get into like instead of grinding at the very beginning of a game to you know so that you're you're leveled enough to be competitive and can feel a little bit uh ba as you roll around the map I normally do that at the beginning and then it trails to like, I just want to get done and I'm having to like distribute that grindiness across the game, which is different for me. And I'm, I'm trying to enjoy and enjoying little pockets of it as I go. Yeah. Um, So I've really enjoyed Zelda breath of the wild the last, I don't know, three weeks or so since we last, we last had this. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I, with that game, I definitely, I was so much in the, okay, I'm just going to set off in the world and not follow these objectives for a while and just kind of see what's out there that I think I, I missed some of the like very early, like tutorial type stuff, like way early on the game. I think that they intend you to sort of walk down this like one path and end up in this one town that's supposed to like introduce you to like a couple key concepts. Cause I remember there was a point like way late in the game that I was like, 
I was reading something online about Zelda. And I'm like, I've never even heard of that. I don't even know what that is. And it's just something very simple. Then I was like reading about it. I'm like, oh yeah, you should have done this right at the very beginning. I'm like, nope, didn't. So I, I think like, I think when I started <laughs> I that game, I, yeah, I taken a right. Right. I think that's what it was. I think I like literally just climbed a mountain and decided like I'm going off. Josh my own. didn't know you could cook. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that. It was uh, well, it was something like super simple though. Um, having to do with kind of like the first town that you would have ended up in, but I can't remember exactly what it was. But yeah, it was some, there was something like very fundamental to the game that I just like didn't even know was a thing. Um, <laughs> but it's cool that I could miss that, right? Like it's really neat that I could yeah. that I was able to just kind of go off and do my own thing. Um, so that's awesome, Ross. That's that's great. So I really enjoyed that. And then like TV show wise, um, I I realized that I'm super behind the times based on the actors that are in this show. But Netflix has on uh, Penny Dreadful, which is a Showtime show about kind of the classic literature heroes and villains. So like Dracula and oh. Frankenstein, um, Dorian Gray, kind of things from classic, kind of a good version of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, which I think I've expressed in some fashion at some point or another in my podcasting career is that, like, is really good from a um, an inspirational point of view, but yeah. the execution doesn't always go well when you try to incorporate all of these different elements of, like, well, it should fit because we're talking, like, classic London, you know, 1800s, kind of a steampunkish sort of vibe. Like, Frankenstein and Dracula should all fit together, right? Like, Alan Quartermain and... Tom Sawyer, like, yeah, those are kind of folklorish. They should work, and they don't always. It does not go well at most times. This one doesn't seem too bad. It's got a Timothy Dalton in it, which is really refreshing <laughs> from a, from someone that used to watch old 007. Nice, nice. Um, films with my dad. Like, Timothy Dalton isn't my favorite Bond, but he does a respectable job as Bond. Um, and he plays a... Uh, you, you do a respectable a, Bond, sir. Right, he does a respectable Bond. Like, I, I can buy that he's James Bond and, and, that, and everything that that character entails. And in this, he, he plays like a uh, a British... Maybe not a nobleman, but one of those people that like went to Africa for adventures and things, and so he kind of has this like shrouded past. If he went to, you know, quote unquote, the unknown jungle and came back with stories and things, then um, they're they're like tackling this supernatural phenomena that that occurs in London now and, and all of these different things. Ava Green is in it, and I really liked her. It's so. Apparently the theme for this episode is going to be Ross's ties to James Bond. But anyway, <laughs> being a, a, my first introduction to her, her was in a, as a, the Bond girl in uh, not Bond, Bond girl kind of diminishes that role. She was, she was in the, the reboot uh, Casino Royale. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. where I know her from. She was a uh, Vesper in that. Yep. And I really enjoyed her there. And I've like seen her pop up in other things. She was in uh, Sin City, uh, the second one, I think. And uh, she was also in the the really crappy hundred. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's always a very intense, like very strong female lead character, and I, I enjoy her. So she plays a like a medium who has some issues. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's kind of interesting, and and I am like maybe eight episodes into that and really enjoying that. It's not one that the girlfriend enjoys. So I watch it when she's not around. Cause she's just like, I don't even, why are we watching this? <laughs> <laughs> we are watching this because there's the American that's alone in London. Who's 
played by uh, Josh Harton. Josh Harton. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know he did anything after Pearl Harbor. I thought he went into hiding. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's he a did. fairly successful actor. But he was good in the show. Like I, sorry, just to jump in for a second, but I really, yeah, yeah. I think the thing that I, I really got sucked into the show as well. Looking back on it now, you, you put it in the list. I'm like, oh, it. I need to look at it. But the thing that I really liked was that a lot of ensemble type shows do the okay this episode is a so-and-so episode and we kind of dive into lore and backstory and a lot of times it feels like just kind of filler like we need to have this in order to move the story forward but i don't necessarily care yeah very much or you haven't given me a reason to care but all of the characters in that show i really enjoyed i really i really liked how they built them up and I wanted to know more. And just about the time I was like, you know, we haven't heard from so-and-so in a while. And then suddenly I've got an episode about why they're in debt and they've got to pay back. So, you know, they've got, we're finding out more motivations. We're discovering things about the character that, Oh my gosh, totally fit. Oh, that's why they said, that's why they had this particular scene. I didn't realize it's adding to the forward momentum of the story but still getting to go backwards and look at it. I, I really, that was a fun show. Hmm. I really liked it. Is it scary? Because the, the poster looks very scary. It's a little scary. Okay. Parts of it can be kind of dark and, and scary. It has, um, the, the poster is like really well, well done. It's someone um, like kind of hunched over, holding their head, kind of their head on their knees and they have their their hands yes. on their head and it forms a skull so like the like from kind of far away it looks like a skull but then you actually like look at it and it's a person that's, yeah that's really wild and it i don't know it did a really nice thing of introducing the characters and i didn't realize what it was like it didn't hit you in the face with like oh this is going to bring together like classic horror tropes yeah because I've but heard the does, name of the show and, and didn't know that, so that's cool. unfolds into it of like, oh, okay, so they like, so Frankenstein's character is a great example. They bring him in, and he's just like sort of this like medical coroner autopsy person that they get to do something. Like, they need his services for a particular... Okay. He starts talking at the end, they do that thing where they... They're getting ready to leave. He's like, oh, I, like, I never caught your name. He's like, oh, like it's Victor. Like Victor Frankenstein. Like, oh. <laughs> that that old trope. <laughs> it's very organic feeling. It, it, it's not like the audience has figured it out before the the characters, which is always frustrating when it's like, oh my God, clearly it's it's obvious what they're trying to do. Why are we still doing Like, why are we going through this charade? Like, just get to the point already. I haven't felt that way with this show. It's been very surprising. There have been some episodes that have been a little slow, but I've really enjoyed it overall. Yeah. I feel like that's hard, the, like, you know, revealing things right at the point the audience would find it out. Like, that's, like, really challenging to understand, like, when things are obvious. Because, you know, you're writing it. You understand exactly who things are going to, who people are going to be when you start out. So, that's that's cool. Yes. Yeah. I oh. I've only heard the name of that show. I've never actually I didn't know anything about it. I've never watched the name itself. So to check it out. So it was one that I like when I was in my uh, forced exile in the summer. <laughs> um, I kept trying to <laughs> never work 
onto like an iPad or a computer. So I, I kept trying and trying because it just looked interesting based on the cast. And now I finally get time to watch it and I've really enjoyed it a lot. They did something really neat with Frankenstein's story. But like you're going through and it's like, ah, why is it working that? Oh my God, that's why it's working with it. Oh, it makes so much sense. Awesome. So Nice. I, I would recommend it. Okay, I'll check it out. Sounds very cool. Anything else you got going on? Um, So this last week, and I haven't gotten to play it much, but Scott and I played a little bit yesterday, which is the Sea of Thieves launched. Oh, yeah. Um, To mixed reviews, it seems. So after playing yesterday, I finally allowed myself to kind of read some of the classic, or not classic, but the the normal reviews. So like a little bit of IGN, a little bit of Forbes, a little bit of GameSpot, just to see what people were thinking yeah. with it. And I can definitely understand some of the the criticisms of the game, but I'm going into it with a, like, it's not, it seems like oftentimes with video games, especially nowadays, it becomes like, okay, and we've talked about this, where I'm a Destiny player, I'm a Fortnite player, or I'm a WoW player. Yeah. Like, this is definitely a game where it's, it's to me, it's a very palate-cleansing game, where it's like, okay, so we, we just, like, spent three hours grinding out this raid, or doing this, you know, challenge, like, you guys just want to go and like sail around and be stupid <laughs> for like two hours. Maybe, you know, maybe it won't take up the entire evening, but it'll be just kind of a, you know, shake it out little thing. I'm like, guys, guys, I fell off the ship. I don't really know how, but like, I fell off the ship. <laughs> and as Scott does some cursor <laughs> to try to turn around and get like, no, no, you're, you're going away from me. Where are you? I don't even know. Like, just dumb stuff that, that may or may not have happened. That's and, awesome. Like, Scott, I was trying to do this thing, and uh, yeah, I definitely fell off the ship. What do you mean you fell off the ship? Yeah, I fell off the ship. <laughs> Perfect. So I'm enjoying it. I understand that it is some of the criticisms are it is just an elaborate series of fetch quests, but that kind of works when the world is beautiful and you, you have shenanigans you can get into on your own. Yeah. I think that goes a pretty long ways and, and it just, yeah, it comes down to, is that enough for you or is it not? You know, like, is, yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Like for, I can understand how some of the streamers and um, people that want to be dedicated to a game as like, that like to dive into a game, find all the nooks and crannies, do all of the things, and then move on to the next title. Yeah. Um, why this might not be a satisfying thing for them. I don't even know if they plan on evolving it. It, it could definitely grow. There's a lot of potential with the game and how in the world of feeling like a perpetual beta tester, it might not feel satisfying. So I think if you go into it with an open mind and just kind of like, not low expectations, but just like going in, to have the activity be the satisfying component. Yeah. And not so much like getting that armor set or beating that boss, then maybe this would be a nice game to just kind of like chill out. And if you have 4K capability, it does look pretty gorgeous in it. I saw it in the, in 4K at like a Best Buy or something. Ooh, nice. And it is it yeah. is quite quite stunning yeah. when you have I imagine with the water and stuff. Hardware. Yeah, that looks pretty amazing. Yeah. So, best water simulator out there. <laughs> <laughs> I do, just to kind of echo what Ross said, I really think that I've been enjoying what I've done so far. Having played the beta, they have added a few things, which is good. Okay, so, um, so it, there's I'm a bit more. A, a little bit. I mean, you know, the the 
I felt like a lot of the beta was here, go do this one thing and come back. Yeah. And now we've got a little bit of here's a task. Here's a second task. Here's a different type of task, a little bit more combat related. Here's a, you know, not just dig something up, but here, go collect some chickens, go collect some pigs, go. There's a, That's there's good, a little bit. At least. They, yeah. They've added a little bit, but I, I am curious about, um, What's next? I think that they, I think they've got some hooks into some people. I think it's got some potential, and I think if they stopped it today, it would be a little bit of a disappointment. But I think they have the chance to do something. Show me, show me what's next. Show me the next. How you're going to develop the game, going forward? You know, you've you've got a really good base, a really fun at least for our group, the let's pour a couple of drinks for ourselves, IRL. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's group up on a Friday night and have a good time and have some laughs and drink in real life, drink in game <laughs> and do a couple of silly quests and that'll be good for for a couple of weeks, for for a month, for a quarter and then What's the next thing? You know, yeah. if the next thing yeah. isn't isn't anything, I think it'll I think it'll qualify as a little bit of a disappointment. But if they can move the needle, if they can do something to push the game out, I think it could really I think it could be fun. It it, it kind right of sounds. It's a, go ahead, sorry, no, go it's ahead. A, there's actually like some skill involved, which seems really dumb for a game that's like very cartoonish and not <laughs> a. Not in the same way like Fortnite has a stylized art to it or like a Borderlands, which is like comic booky feeling. Like this does feel very animated and bright and could be kind of... There's actually some skill things that need to be done and coordinating. Part of the challenge is coordinating with your team. Like the two-man boat, I can do pretty well. You can either do it by yourself or you can do it with with another player and working together, you can do lots of things, but like it's a completely different beast when you move to four people. Like another friend of mine and I, like we had the two man thing down, like knew what the jobs were and what we were doing. And it was, it was pretty much like clicking along and we played with Scott and another person in the, the clan that we're in. And it was just like, Whoa, like this is a completely different beast. So like some of that is just figuring out how to do the, like a fetch quest while seemingly dumb, is plenty challenging in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To like to me, it it kind of sounds like it's a situation like the original Assassin's Creed was, where they came up with a really awesome idea, and then they made a somewhat bare bones game around it, where you you know there's really cool stuff going on in that first Assassin's Creed, but then you end up doing the same thing kind of over and over again, and. Yeah. In the case of Assassin's Creed, right, like that that game's old enough and it's single player that like they had to iterate on it by coming out with a sequel, and then they did, and it was so much better. They had all this crazy new stuff, and like they took all those ideas, all those mechanics, and just doubled down on them, iterated on them, built on them. So this, it sounds like they kind of need need to do the same thing of like, okay, we've got a bunch of really core fun stuff. Let's just add more, you know, keep fleshing it out, more stuff to do, more stuff to get. Um, and and yeah, they, they can do that with updates, right? Like it, can, it doesn't have to be yeah. Sea of Thieves 2. It can be Sea of Thieves, you know, like patch 2 or whatever. Yeah, and I, 
think that they could sure. win over the hearts of some of the fans if it then is just like a like oh yeah like you bought the base game there's no d there's no like paid dlc for x amount of time like titanfall's done where it's just like yeah. oh yeah like here's an update you go do this stuff like just do it and i think what it's missing compared like assassin's creed i think is a very apt analogy for like comparison for this game but what it's missing is that like the story hooked me with Assassin's Creed. So yes, I was going and like, you have to collect intel and then you have to sneak around and then you actually get to assassinate the dude. Yeah. But like you were feeding into this like story arc where a bit of this game is kind of old school and like you get to create the purpose for you being there. Yeah, it's it's not extent. it's not like you're trying to get to the next like 30 minute cutscene in Sea of Thieves. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it's missing a little bit, and but if they if they would do like special weekends or challenges of like, oh, there's you know the great white whale is out this weekend, and that presents a different set of challenges, you know, if you like navigating and things like that. Yeah. Like I think there's a lot that they could do. They just now have a very polished sandbox that they haven't quite filled with fun trucks, all yet. the fun toys, and yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Yeah, sure. it, it almost sounds like if they did like sort of a Hitman style, like elusive target, like this is time limited. It's out there in the world yeah. now. Like, go get it. Like, that'd be that'd go be really get cool. Blackbeard. He's roaming the seas between now and April first. Yes. Yeah, that's gonna instantly be, sounds like more. Bring of a your hook. friends. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what might be missing for me anyway. So they kind of, to me, it feels like they've drawn a little bit of inspiration off of the Vision's uh, Dark Zone. Which is a yep. player versus player region of this like largely PVE game, mm-hmm. and so any like ship that you come across is going to be manned by real players in this game. And what I would like to see is this blend of like the Halo Five, you know, battle zone, where it's you know PVE and PvP, because like to be quite frank, the PvP. P players in this are kind of jerks. Yeah, you you kind of you know you want people that you can like dunk on before you get to the real bit. humans that are just going to dunk on you, right? Yeah, and yeah. like a way yeah. to distinguish them in some uh, you know in some fashion, which is like okay, so you have your little spyglass and you're looking like oh, okay, so there's there's like an NPC character that we need to hunt down over there. Like we can take the like yes, it's a bigger ship, but we could take it with our small yellow flag, not a white. If flag. We did it right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, versus like. If you're rolling in a four-man crew and you just have, like, a tiny boat, like, your best hope is to pray that you can get away. <laughs> yeah. Where, where, like, there's no way, like, they're just going to trounce you and then keep trouncing you. And then you get to hear about, like, the promiscuity of your mother over the group chat. And, and <laughs> you can have proximity chat. And you can definitely, I found out very specific things about very specific family members. <laughs> You guys um, over the last couple couple days um, from a variety of age groups. It seems like. <laughs> how exciting! It's, you know what? Yes. It's very authentic to the the pirateness of it. It's, that's, how, that's how it it's works. Really, they're really committed. To, committed uh, they're trying to, to bring that realism into the. <laughs> Everyone knows that all the pirates they you know roamed the seven pirates seas we all know and it. and spawn camps right like that was yeah. yeah they, the pirates invented spawn camping. <laughs> it's a legitimate strategy. <laughs> uh, that's that's how they uh, how they got all those ships. That's how they how they got all that booty. 
had to spawn camp all the all the British. <laughs> uh, it, it's definitely a game like the the beta really turned me off, but I think that it would be uh, still super fun to like play with you guys and stuff. So it's still a game that I might pick up eventually, especially keeping an eye on like you know updates and stuff that they do to it that I can see myself like circling back around to at some point. But um, yeah, I I'll, I'll keep my eye on it, but I, I still not a hundred percent sure it's a thing for me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of uh of TV shows, Ross, I've been I've been watching a TV show as well. And uh and that's The Good Place. Have either of you seen any of The Good Place? I've not. I saw it in the rundown and I was really curious to to what this is. Okay, so The Good Place is a TV show. I I didn't have many expectations going into this. It was just one of those like, okay, I've watched The Office for like the eighteenth millionth time. I can't start that again on Netflix. I, I just finished BoJack Horseman. Like, what's left? Like, what does Netflix have that I haven't seen? And I saw The Good Place. So, like, all right, I'll give this a shot. This the man who has everything. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, it was it was it was to save my marriage so that my wife didn't yell at me for watching The Office again. That's really why I started watching The Good Place. Yes. <laughs> um, so the the premise of The Good Place is that. Um, so the series focuses on Kristen Bell's character, and her character, Eleanor, dies, and the series opens where she wakes up, and she's essentially in heaven. She's in what they call the good place, and their version of heaven is, like, not, like, you know, clouds and harps and stuff, but it's, like, the perfect neighborhood, right? Like, it, everything you ever wanted, here's your here's your house, like, you know, everyone's happy, you can go eat your favorite meal at the restaurant anytime you want. Um, so it's all great, and, and there's, like, someone running um, the, the like, neighborhood that is heaven. It's, it's Ted Danson <laughs> is, is the person who plays oh, that character. So he's he's great. And it's all fine and dandy. Except for the fact that Eleanor shouldn't be there. <laughs> so all of the things that they're telling her that she did, they're like, oh, it was amazing that you, you know, um, did all those humanitarian efforts and, like, you know, all these things. And come to find out, that wasn't her. She didn't do any of those things. She was kind of a crappy person. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was a big mistake that they sent her to the good place. So... Then she, while she's in the good place, of course, that when, they, when you get to the good place, they tell you that, hey, soulmates are real, and your soulmate is here, and then they introduce you to them. Um, so she, <laughs> she she meets her soulmate and, like, confides in him. Again, it's not her real soulmate because she's not who they think she is. Confides in him, like, hey, I'm not who I say I, I, say I am because he was a professor of ethics. So the the whole kind of premise of season one is that Eleanor is trying to learn ethics to become a good person so that she can stay in the good place and, and like won't be found out. So to learn it. So that's that's the premise of the show. So I, I finished season one on Netflix. That's all it's on Netflix. Season two, I think, just finished airing or is is currently airing. There's like twelve episodes of season two that have happened so far. So I started watching those on the NBC app and I'm up to like episode nine or something of season two. So I'm almost caught up to current on on the good place. And I, I won't spoil anything, but, like, the change that goes on from season one to season two is incredible. Um, the the thing you find out, basically, at the end of season one, 
which morphs what season two is about. Like I've never seen a show take that drastic of a change between seasons. Like it, it's so inventive. It's so inspired. Like what they did with the show. Um, even more than Atlanta, even more than Atlanta. Is that what you said? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Atlanta, like it's still sort of like, they're still in Atlanta, right? Like, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, and I'm not saying that they're not in the, in the good place here, but like, but I mean, no, like they, they just like, they really switched up the tone for that. Yeah. For, I for mean, Atlanta. and so I, I was just curious as to if this goes even beyond that. <laughs> it, 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 like the tone is still there. Like it's still, it's still a comedy show. Right. Um, okay. But they turn it on its head and then once season so so season one ends, it's kind of turned on its head. You're like, what the heck? So I had to start watching season two, and then season two they turn it on its head like every episode, multiple times an episode again for like the first four or five episodes. Like it's insane. Like I, I can't like I can't even like I desperately want to have like a spoiler filled discussion about the good place at this point because of how <laughs> so, uh, so is like that going to be our homework watching so we can have a little side <laughs> a side podcast maybe about... yeah <laughs> but but like so like the 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 show is like kind of this weird fantastical concept that you would think like man how do you write episodes in that right like when you're literally in a world where anything can happen we can snap our fingers and things pop out of out of thin air right like you're in you're in the ultimate MacGuffin of a place um how do you have stakes like how do you write episodes and they do an incredible job and they come up with so like such clever inventive things like for example like she's in essentially heaven so she can't curse so like the place has like a language filter so it works well because it's a TV show and she can't curse, but then she's like, you know, uh, she's like, like son of a birch and things like that. Right. Like constantly in the show. Um, so, so they, they like mention it one time and then the rest of the season, it's just her coming up with like interesting, like, like TV movie versions of curse words. And it's, it's great. It's funny every time. Um, Ted Danson is hilarious as the person who, um, is is like enamored with human behavior but doesn't really understand humans entirely so there's like hilarious things of like you know he 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 wants to try suspenders for the first time because he, they look so cool and they're so pointless and he gets so excited that he's trying suspenders and because he's this like you know timeless being <laughs> and stuff like that um so yeah the show is great it's incredibly funny the cast is fantastic uh and season two turns the show into like this bizarre kind of groundhog day for a while, like thing going on. <laughs> I can't even, the good place is so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> no, check it out. And, uh, and yeah, Kristen Bell is awesome. Like huge crush on her. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Nice. Fantastic. So I, yeah, I, I, I desperately just need to like, say what happens at the end of season one to someone so we can just go what together for a while that's really all i want from us <laughs> spoiler cast incoming <laughs> right oh, everyone listening on the spoiler cast. <laughs> um in, in other things that i've been excited about just briefly I know there's not too much to to discuss but while i was on vacation i uh started and finished the first steam world dig game um, which is, uh, something I'd never touched. Like I kind of knew like what it was, but hadn't actually played it. So I played it on my switch. It's a fantastic travel switch game. Cause it's, you know, really simple and it's not like super twitchy and stuff. So I played it a bunch in the car and it's like 
it's weirdly um, uh, like super addictive uh, for just being like a game where you are digging down. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, it has like the perfect amount of like um, Metroid-ness where like you unlock further abilities that let you do things that unlock new areas and stuff. Um, it's just a really like clever, really cute game. And it's like, I don't know, like four to eight hours long. Like it's a really simple experience. And there's a sequel out, which I'm going to start soon. So, um, yeah. Like, I, Steam I, World Dig 2. I've heard really good things. Yeah, I've, I've heard you that, like, it's kind of everything that was you in the first one. Tell me one. if I need to dig in. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I wanted to play the first one before jumping into the second one, which is pointless yeah. because this really isn't, like, a big story-heavy game. But um, <laughs> if it's anything like the first one, like, it is, it's going to be super good. So I'm excited to, to kind of uh, uh, get in there and check it out. I, I'm, I think it'll be cool. Nice. Um, and then, okay, so <laughs> other things. I've been getting into Pokemon again <laughs> in a weird way. <laughs> it comes back around. It does. Uh, it circles around the theme in life. song is, is instantly playing in my mind. <laughs> right. So the thing that, that looped me back in is um, is kind of the card game, actually. So I, I started, I was, I'm play, I was playing the new like Sun and Moon and was like kind of getting into it. I'm like, oh, yeah, Pokemon's really fun. So then I was like kind of looking up the card game. So. You guys might not know this. There's an app for the Pokemon trading card game that is really, really good. It's on the, it's on PC and it's also on like iPad and stuff. And, um, it's all like free to sign up. And then like you get like booster packs and stuff and you can play with like theme decks, but you can also, if you buy cards in real life, like actual physical Pokemon cards, they come with codes that you type into the app and then you unlock the cards in the game. So that's dangerous because because now I've bought Pokemon cards. <laughs> um, but it's, it's actually really cool. Like if you buy a booster pack, it unlocks a booster pack in the game. If you buy a theme deck, it unlocks that exact theme deck for you to play in the game. So nice. it's one of those things that like I wish that all trading card games would go that way. Like I w- if Magic did that. I would literally be in trouble. Like I would have to bar myself from going to the store and buying <laughs> yes. magic cards. It would be like it would it would be a serious financial issue. I think. Because yeah. um, I mean, we've talked about this where the people that I know that play magic do not live anywhere near me. Yeah. And I am not gonna go out and make new friends. That'd be. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to do that? <laughs> new friends. <laughs> what? What is that? So like this sounds super dangerous. Where it's like, oh, you could go out and buy this thing, and then buddies online. Like, Ugh. <laughs> and, and I do wonder about the because lit. You've talked about sorry, Ross. You've talked about the when you were talking about movies. You know, purchasing a movie on one platform, be it a physical DVD or a certain service, and then not transitioning to another. You know. Having having a QR code that you purchase that you can have transferred to other platforms, like that's I would be much more interested in different whatever media, movies, games, yeah. having it be available in the different venues, different well, they, genres, different they they, they, yeah. they kinda of do that with, with movies now, but like the platform they unlock it on is always like they're like terrible, like whatever it is, like 
Vivo or whatnot. I can't remember the name, but like, like if you go buy like a Blu-ray in, in Walmart right now, you 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 can buy the version that like comes with the digital copy, and then you type a code into a website, and you have to go to that terrible website and and watch your movie. So it's not like you're not unlocking it on like you know. Uh, Amazon or anything nice that you would actually care to watch it, but like yeah, that that does exist <laughs> where like you can get the the digital with the the physical copy. Um, and and it's here, an incentive. it sucks to buy it twice, right? Exactly, yeah. And, and you know, like like with Magic, like I, I play, of course, a lot of Paper Magic, and then I I do a lot of Magic online as well, and it's always double buying, right? Like if I have a card in real life, I have to go buy that card again if I want it, you know, in Magic Online. <sighs> And, and this, to some extent, is still that, right? Like, if I buy a booster pack and I open 10 cards, then I use the code, I'm getting a different 10 cards in the game. So my, my, my collection is not one-to-one, but at least mm-hmm. I'm getting something for it, right? Like, I yeah. I can yeah. keep my collection of trading cards um, fairly equal between the two platforms that I'm playing this game on, you know, real world and, and the game, which, like, incentivizes me to play it more in both places, you know? Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's yeah. something that would let you diversify, right? Like, so let's say you're going for like a grass type deck and that's what you're shooting for, but you like put in the booster pack code and you start to develop, you know, an electric yeah. deck or whatever and be like, oh, well, that's kind of neat. Like that's working really well online. Keep with that or be like, oh, I would really love to play paper with an electric deck. So I'm going to start building an electric deck in real life. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would, I think it would help it's diversify a, or make you more time. Uh, you're more getting energy, a one for one time just, spent in their yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah in, their in their little like walled garden of of spending money. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's really really smart, and the app is, um, you know, very well done. Like it's it's super simple. Like because Pokemon's kind of a a simple game. You know, it's not. It doesn't have the complexity of like timing that Magic does. Um, mm-hmm. It certainly is like it's still a like. Um, strategically complex game, like you can be good at it, uh, but as far as like game mechanics wise, you you can never like interrupt the other player and say, oh, actually, I counter that spell, like things like that that Magic has, right? Yeah. So so the app is a very smooth experience. It's very easy to use, um, and I've just like been super impressed with just like all the little things they've thought of for like keeping you in the world and stuff. So yeah, like weirdly that's like hooking me a lot is this, uh, this Pokemon trading card game. They have, they have a bunch of stuff in the game, right. For like, um, versus play. So you can play other people online and then you get incentives for it. So like, you know, you have like win streak bonuses where you unlock card packs and stuff. And, um, you know, you, you unlock all these like power ups where like, if you, if you win a bunch, you unlock, you know, promo cards and things like that. And, they they do a really good job of, of splitting it up. So, like, if I only have theme decks, right? If I have a deck that I've unlocked from a deck that I bought in the store, it only matches me up against people who have other theme decks. So, like, it's an equal power level. But if I decide I'm going to make this awesome custom deck with the cards in my collection and it's going to be, like, super crazy, then it'll match you up with other people who've done the same. So, like... You don't have to worry about, like, I'm taking my little crappy theme deck online, and I'm just going to get smashed by someone who, like, has built this crazy deck, um, which I think is really smart. Other games don't do not do that, um, so that's that's cool. And, yeah, like, it's weird. Like, Pokemon trading card game is, is a really awesome just online <laughs> experience. So that's... It's like sixth grade all over again. It really is, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. The, nice. the cards themselves have gotten insane. I don't know if you guys have looked at Pokemon cards in the past, I don't know, 15 years, because you probably wouldn't have had a reason to. <laughs> but they've went insane. Like, the, there are, like, EX Pokemon now, and they are these, like, crazy full art prints where, like, the Pokemon doesn't just fit in its little text box. It takes up the entire card, and you can barely <laughs> read the text on it because it's, like, exploding everywhere. Like, just just Google, like, Pokemon EX and just look at these cards at some point because it's mind-blowing <laughs> that that this is where it's become. This is what's become. <laughs> uh, and the final thing I wanted, I wanted to touch on... Um, have you guys heard of the stream on competition that Twitch is doing? No, I haven't yet. No. Okay. So, so Twitch is doing this thing that on paper sounds awesome, right? It's, it is a game show kind of a deal competition thing that is, they've selected like 15 streamers kind of of all different categories. Like there's some like cooking people. There's some people that are like, uh, there's there's a girl who who just does basically like Sims streaming. Um, there's there's just more traditional gamers. The people who do like woodworking. There's a piano player. Like all kinds of different streamers, um, all, all different like community sizes and stuff. They brought them together and they're they're doing like a kind of survivor type competition. Like people are getting voted off every week, and the mm-hmm. and the winner at the end, the last person standing, will get. Like I think it's like five thousand dollars a month for so many months. Like it, it ultimately ends wow. up being like about sixty thousand dollars or something is the grand yeah. prize. So like the streamers are like fairly small. So like I watch Wavy, who's the the one streamer, and he's he's in stream mm-hmm. one, and like he usually when he's streaming has about like a hundred people watching. So like he's he's kind of medium sized as far as as far as streaming goes. So in, on paper, that all sounds cool. Like, it sounds really awesome doing this thing, um, bringing exposure to, you know, people that are streaming on Twitch that you might not know about. But in practice, it has been terrible. And I just had to vent about this oh. for a second. Go for it. So so they they do these competitions every week that all the streamers have to do, which, granted, is hard because you're bringing together so many different types of people, right? Like, this lady cooks... And this dude plays Fortnite. How do you make them compete in, in any way, right? <laughs> yeah. And they haven't figured out how to do it because the, the first the, the the first challenge was basically um, growth in your stream, kind of. So it was just sort of like you know you were here and then you were here. So whoever got the biggest change wins. The second week, the challenge was what they called Pixel Hunt, and this took advantage of like the Twitch extension stuff. Basically, it is a grid full of tiny little pixels, and every 60 seconds, you as the viewer can click on one of the pixels to paint it a certain color. Or, or, as your 60 seconds, you can vote for one of these three power-ups that then the streamer can fire off that, that do more, that cover more area, right? So that might be like a 10 by 10 grid or something that will paint all those pixels. The goal being that you find one golden pixel that's hidden within this entire pixel hunt. So basically you need a bunch of people in chat all actively voting every 60 seconds so you can efficiently cover this board to find a single golden pixel. It is as boring as it sounds and as mind-numbing as it sounds. Oh, no. So I was watching Wavy try to do his pixel hunt, 
And and it's you know he normally is playing video games and he's animated and he's rapping and doing all kinds of fun stuff, and he's just like sitting, just like head in hand, <laughs> because they've been pixel hunting for like an hour at this point, and they have another one to start in like twenty minutes, <laughs> and he's just like, yep, everyone just keep everyone keep voting Here for Pixel are. Storm, yep, just vote for Pixel Storm, yep, just yeah, all right. Um, and so oh, that's important. It's not like something you can juggle while doing yeah. what you would no, normally do. No, because it takes up the whole screen too. So like, like uh, I I can move it around because it's a Twitch extension, but it still takes up the entire the entire stream. Um, and then so so basically, they take all these disparate um, creative streamers and then force them all to do the same thing for no reason for an entire week. <laughs> <laughs> And then the competition this week is a little bit better, but still very dumb. It is, uh, it was just announced a few minutes ago. It is that you have to find someone in your community and nominate them as your kind of representative. They'll go compete in a Gang Beasts tournament. And if they win, then you win the competition. So you, you pick a like a champion. Beasts tournament yeah so 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 that's a video game so so gang beast okay. is a party based video game it's kind of like a physicsy wrestling type game so you can grab people and throw them and like you know it's it's very like physicsy and weird and like lots of chain reactions and stuff happen so again you might not be even be a video game streamer but you have to find someone in your community to represent you in a video game tournament um and and again, that doesn't really Ooh. like like like. I mean, you can turn that into content for your channel, I guess. Like you can like, hey, let's run a tournament, or like you know, let's interview people, or however you want to do it. But like the end result is, okay, well then this game tournament is happening that sort of determines my win or loss <laughs> that has nothing to do with me. Um, so in my mind, it's uh somebody like Ron Swanson who does woodworking, going against somebody like you that does like magic and being like. <laughs> Okay, so like today, apparently, instead of making this chair like we would normally do, we're going to be staring at the computer trying to get the power up. Yes, one hundred percent. That yes. sounds absolutely miserable. <laughs> Though I, and I don't want to step. This is the first time hearing about it. I don't know, but if this is Twitch's attempt to broaden the horizons of viewers you know i haven't heard you yet mention summit or lyric or <laughs> you know all the, if, all the classic if, if, <laughs> right if it's their attempt to throw some attention to you know high-end streamers who maybe aren't in the top five aren't in the top 10 yeah if it's their attempt to to cast a spotlight out onto some top tier, but maybe the not elite, then, you know, good for them. Good for them to show, to showcase some, some folks who maybe wouldn't necessarily get the attention. Yeah, definitely. Outside of the normal, normal promotions. Yeah. And, and and that's why I was so excited about it is because, like, you know, I, I'm i not exactly the, the target demo for most of people streaming on Twitch, right? Like, I'm not into um, 
that type of stuff, right? Like I just don't, I don't mm-hmm. care. I want to, I want to see the interesting people. I want to see the people doing cool things. Um, so stream on seemed cool because yeah, I was going to like, all right, let's, let's have the people who are awesome, but maybe don't have the audience. Let's float them to the top. Right. Um, right. but in, in actual practice, it's like, let's float them to the top and then like grind them under our thumb until they're all <laughs> pixel hunting for hours on end. It's, yeah. In yeah. practice, it's it's been so sad because I had such high hopes for what it was going to be, um, and it's just not that <laughs> in any way. And the the hosts of StreamOn they they work at Twitch, and you can tell that they are very passionate about what it is they're trying to do. But boy, are they just charisma holes, just terrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's it's this weird like they're trying to be like a very polished show and it's it's just it doesn't work so much of so much of it doesn't work. Uh, so maybe maybe it needs some work. Maybe it's the 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 heart of the idea is good. But I we think just so. Need to, it needs some retooling. It needs a little more. Needs some work. Needs some DLC update. New iterations. <laughs> I one hundred percent think that it needs the same treatment that Sea of Thieves gets. Yes. <laughs> Just listen. Here's what you do: just add more pirates in both of them. Just if you had more, more pirates, pirates. <laughs> just 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 make it suck less. That's really all we want <laughs> out of both things. Um, yeah. So that's that's been my my general disappointment over the past couple weeks is the continued just terribleness of stream on. <laughs> anyway, so that's me, Scott. What have you been into? Um. So I've been I've I've totally gotten sucked into a new game. Not even new. It's just it's a game called Thimbleweed Park, and just to set it up real quickly, we've got a female protagonist who's a redhead, and a male protagonist who's a brunette, and they're supposedly with the FBI. Okay. If you're noticing some some correlations to the X Files, I don't think it's very. I can't even say thinly veiled. It's not even <laughs> they're not even trying very hard to just to set it apart from X Files, from Twin Peaks, from That's fantastic. Name your but I like that they've so it's a game I've been playing on the Switch. Um and it's a throwback to some text based adventure games. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Here are some actions that you've the player you the player have been given. And do you look at the book? Do you pick up the book? Read the book? Is this a good action? Is this a bad action? Yeah, um, it, it it looks very much like classic like Lucas the text adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go into the kitchen. You and and knowing what you know about this type of game, you have to open every cupboard. You have to look in every drawer, <laughs> okay. turn the faucet on, turn the faucet off. Like you have to, it's one of those, you have to touch everything. You have to, you have to feel out every action, anything you have the possibility of doing, you have to try out because that's how you progress. That's how you move to the next. You're given, a, you start out with two playable characters. You're given additional characters as you progress through the game. It's a fun it's a fun X Files Twin Peaks old uh 
very Commodore three. They even make the Commodore sixty four jokes. <laughs> they make the Apple two E jokes. The it's not a. It's a very eight bit, old school. If you remember the if then statements of the previous games, this is a game for you. It's a fun. Just try it out, and it's nice. on the Switch. And so, in addition to kind of itching that old school vibe, you also get the chance to have, you know, it's not 4K, it's not HD, it's a very pixelated uh, art style, but it's fun. And it it calls back to that that old style of gaming that we all enjoy. And so Thimbleweed Park, if you get a chance to check it out, to totally jump in um i can't remember now i was gonna check it out before the stream i can't remember if it's available through steam for sure it's available through the switch so if you get a chance it is it says it's on uh yes it's on steam yeah it's on steam good old games xbox one the app store it's on ios even uh ps4 it's on android it's on the switch it's basically everywhere (laughs) nice yeah nice and i think one of the really the writing is important for these types of games. Yes, that make or break for where sure. You, yeah. yeah, like if you if you're provided an action and you're given three options, they have to be kind of funny. Like even even the one you're going to choose, it can't be two realistic options and the funny option that they're just throwing away. Like they yeah. all have to be like the writing has to be throughout, whether it's the option you choose or not. Um, and I think they really tapped into that Thimbleweed Park. They really whoever the and I'm I'm sorry I can't remember the directors so it's, or the writers at the moment. It's but it's from Ron Gilbert and Gary Winnick. Those are the two guys who okay. created Monkey Island and Maniac Mansion. Oh, Monkey Island! I did. so it makes perfect sense why this game is this game. Yes. Yeah, it is very funny. It is I I want to know what the next each piece of the story that I put together each step that I complete, I want to know what the next one is, partly because I want to know the punchline. I want to know the next joke, I want to know the next punchline because of what's been set up previously, so... Yeah, it's good. The, I'm reading the like Nintendo Switch page for it right now, um, and it says, uh, "Sure, there, there's a, there's a bullet point that says a joke every two minutes, dot dot dot, guaranteed." And then there's an asterisk and at the bottom. It says, "Not a guarantee." <laughs> no, it's a guarantee. No, take back the asterisk. That is really the asterisk is only for the dumb people. If you're dumb and listening to the previous podcast, I'm sorry. This game is for you if you're stupid. If you're not stupid, it's good. This game is not for you if you're stupid. We're sorry. <laughs> sorry. Bad. Um, things that I've been watching, Mr. Robot, is uh, of all the places, USA. I watched so much Law and Order. <laughs> before the podcast, before internet, before anything. I watched so much Law and Order, and I watched it on USA, but now... Now you're watching actual TV and not just... And I really... Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't even... I I almost didn't take a chance on this show, but it's really... It's really good. So... Writing is good. What what season are you on right now? I'm almost to the end. I'm almost to the end of the second season. I'm almost to the point of having to drop 
actual Pazuzas <laughs> for Amazon. <laughs> um, it's a techno, very yeah. tech savvy, um, suspenseful thriller. A lot of I don't want to I don't want to give it away too much. But there's a lot of parallels to the Fight Club yes type storyline. There's a lot of I think people who actually know technology. I don't know a lot, but I know a little bit. I know enough to be intrigued by the show. Um, so I think that so they definitely I, scratched that itch. Yeah, for sure. So I, the, I I'm very ashamed that I have not you know, seen anything past uh, season one of Mr. Robot because I, I watched season one as it was coming out, um, which I never do with TV and, <laughs> and I loved it. And then uh, season two started and I, I didn't get started with it and then I just never caught back up. So I'm, I'm so behind. It's a thing that I want to get caught back up on because season one was so incredible. Um, and yeah, like as someone who you know, is in the technology stuff and, and is into development, like they, get a lot of that stuff pretty right. Like it's because most shows are so grown worthy when they get into like mm-hmm. how actually mm-hmm. that stuff works. And, and Mr. Robot's not yeah. like it, it, it fits. It all makes sense. It's all cool. Um, and yeah, like you're right. Like very fight club esque. Um, <laughs> there's very like Tyler uh, Jordan makes an appearance yeah. for all of those who are curious. If you enjoy Tyler Jordan, please dive in. Right. And, and like, unreliable narrators and all that, all that jazz. It's, um, <laughs> yes. it's, it was so good. Yeah. Like I'm, and I'm knowing what happens in season one. I'm so excited to find out where they go from that. Um, and I, I can only imagine, but yeah, fa- fantastic show. And I, like I said, I'm very ashamed that I haven't <laughs> picked it back up. I think one of the things I've really appreciated about the show that's maybe different from other shows that I've watched is, they don't wait till the very last episode to really hook you in. That's there's true. A, yeah. There's a twist and a turn mid-season. There's a... You've got to watch episode episode five. You know, you've, you've built a little bit of suspense and a want to know what happens, and they don't make you wait 12 hours to the very end. Yeah. You get some twists and turns as you go... The story keeps progressing. It keeps sucking you in. Keeps the interest and the fascination alive to where... And there is a payoff. It's not a, oh, that was the end of the season. I got to know what... I got to watch episode one to really be fulfilled. No, there's a heightened what happened at the very end. It's pushing you through to find out what happens next. Yeah, kind it's of disappointed that you haven't watched the season two. What is wrong with you? What I know because because again, this is why I don't watch TV as it's happening <laughs> because it ends and you're like, "Holy cow, this is gonna be amazing!" When it comes back on, and then it comes back on, and you're like, "Oh, like yeah. I kind of forget what happened at the end. Like maybe I want to go back and rewatch, and then I never do. Like I, I need I need TV to be in just just bingeable format where I never have to wait a week between episodes or, or longer." Um, right. but yeah, like it, it definitely does the, like, it doesn't just do the cliffhanger. It does sort of like the payoff and then it, you, you're left wanting to know 
then what are the implications and like where does that go what does that mean and yeah that's yeah. it's really well done it's a really like artistic show as well like there's it's really wonderfully shot and they do some really cool um stuff like musically even like it's yeah across the board just great just really great and i think you know one of the things we talked before the show started um what netflix is doing what hulu is doing usa like usa has always been the law and order channel yeah blue skies how many different episodes of law and order but i've just been really surprised at the writing the acting the storytelling of the show the fact that it's on usa i was really if you if you would have said this was an hbo show if this was a showtime show you know, something more prestigious than the USA that we've become accustomed to. Definitely, yeah. I would have totally bought it, but it's interesting that it's that that's where it's came come from. Yeah, it's it's from uh, the network that that does Chrisley knows best. If you've you know what that is, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, for sure. The, someone in that same company said yes to both of those shows, and it's that's just bizarre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the last piece that I really wanted to share was I talked about it a little bit in our looking forward to 2018 um, Annihilation. It was a it was a book series that I really enjoyed. There was a trilogy. The first book was Annihilation. They included a movie now with Natalie Portman and um, in the sh- in the podcast I had voice some concerns about it being a love story yeah and it being a horror movie and despite what i saw in the preview i was really pleasantly surprised how closely to the source material it stuck oh okay that's that it wasn't they didn't turn it into a romance story it really was about the protagonist and her journey um it really was about the different different events and how they affected her, how her character changed from the beginning of the story to the end of the story. I don't know. I, I was a little sad about it didn't seem I, I, being a if I if I were a betting man, I would guess that they would not make the next two installments <laughs> yeah I, I don't think this being, one did amazingly well right yeah. <laughs> being artisan i'm gonna be disappointed because i think they really did try to a make a fun story b make a story that stuck to the source material i think natalie portman did a great job um i had a good time at the movie despite its differences from the book it was really fun I think anyone who read who read the book was probably not disappointed. Anyone who watched the movie, please go read the book and the trilogy that follows. It's good. It fits. It doesn't. It's not so. There wasn't. I didn't walk out on the movie thinking I was really let down. As yeah. a fan of the book, I was disappointed. I wasn't. You know, it was it was a little bit different. I'm not going to say that it was wholly uh, stuck to the source material. It did its own thing, but it didn't it didn't divert so much to be distracting. 
And so anyone who's listening to this, I hope you'll watch the movie. I hope you'll read the books. Um, it was good work. So I actually read, um, I read Annihilation while I was on vacation. The the book, the first one. I I didn't, I haven't read. What do you think? Two. Did you like it? Was it good? So I have, I have weird mixed feelings about the book. <laughs> it was, it was wholly not what I expected going in, um, which is not not a bad thing. Um, I liked it. I will definitely say that I liked it. It was one of the weirder books I think I've ever read. Like. I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, like, you never find out the name of the character that the book is <laughs> There about. is no proper name. No, there's no, there are no, like, names. You don't find out anyone's name in this book. Um, and you never, it's, and it's intentional. Like, it's written this way. Like, you never really get to a point where you, like, commiserate with her or, um, or, or can put yourself in her shoes. Like she makes weird decisions that you wouldn't make. And again, there's reasons for that. It was bizarre, I think. And, and I, I think that I was setting myself up for like, Oh, this is crazy. This tension's building. Things are happening. Maybe there's going to be like some crazy, like everything is revealed moment at the end. And I should have known going in, like, like from where the book was going, like that wasn't going to happen. So you get kind of like a melancholic end to the book. Mm-hmm. That fits the rest of the book, but for me, it it was a little like I closed it and I'm like, but the first the first thing I closed the book, I like turned and I was like, well that book was dumb, because <laughs> 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 it just it felt like such an unsatisfying ending. But thinking back on it now, like there's a lot of really awesome stuff going on in that book, and I really like specifically how it's written because it's the when you realize that, yeah, you're not going to get any like proper names and stuff, you, you start reading the first few pages and you, you're like, how is he going to do this for an entire book? And then it's super <laughs> successful at that. Um, yeah. So I definitely want to read, you know, authority. I'm going to grab that one next and, and, and pick it up. And Annihilation is like the smallest, fastest read ever too. Like I, you know, finished it super quick. Um, mm-hmm. It is, it is 208 pages according to the Wikipedia article. Um, <laughs> So I, I definitely need to see the movie now um, because I'll actually know what they're going for with the, the movie. I think that I think that people probably were going in based on the trailer thinking it was one thing and then getting this, which is vastly different than what the trailer seemed to yeah. be, you know, implying. Um, but yeah, especially like it not being a, a love story, like her relationship with her husband in the book is. Um, like odd, very odd. Like even, you know, obviously things have happened, but like, yeah, just them, her like describing her, her marriage the whole time felt like super real in a way that like, you know, movie marriages and stuff aren't. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, yeah. So I, I liked it. It's one of those, it's one of those like thinker books, you know, like you, yeah. you can think back on it. It's not maybe like the most satisfying, like everything got wrapped up in a nice bow type of things. Um, but it was it was certainly good. Yeah, I, I I liked it. I like that the I think the thing that I came away from with the movie was I didn't feel like it tried to overreach. It didn't feel like it was trying to answer questions that the book didn't answer. It asked a lot of questions. It didn't answer a lot of them. Yeah, because the, because the book, which was great, definitely poses a lot of like scenarios and, and stuff. That's, and, and that's what gets answered in the second the, the second book and the third book. Like, there's a trilogy. Oh, like, okay. So that actually okay. to it. So there's more. 
And I, if I were a betting man, I would say that the second and third movies probably aren't going to be made. It was in this, it was in the theaters a very short time. Yes, it had Nelly and probably didn't get the support that it needed, but I'm, I'm so glad that they, even the, I don't know, if I don't know if you saw the movie, but the swimming pool, oh god, that was exactly exactly how they'd like that, written it in the book. That basically. scene wasn't even in the book, but just it that, was described enough times gross. though. Like yeah, like, yeah, the the growth, the how does it the I I just keep thinking about that Donald Rumsfeld quote for so, <laughs> which I know is just ridiculous in politics and so far away <laughs> from the story, but the. We don't know what we don't know. The unknown unknowns. The theme of this story is we don't know what we don't know. And I thought the movie did a really good job of sticking to that. And I really enjoy the books for that theme. Mm -hmm. We have so much sci-fi of explaining the world. And I love world building in sci-fi. Oh, and this is whole picture and this this story this particular book is we don't know we <laughs> keep asking questions and they do such a good job of answering a couple of questions and then and then asking more questions we get to the end and we just don't we don't know and you're you're left to kind of fill in your ideas or just keep asking more questions and i and, and I the, really like that and the the narrator is written in such a way that it's like it's so she's so matter of fact and she'll just say things that are, you're just like, what are you talking about? And then it'll just be like, she'll just move on and be like, you know, it's like, you know, of course, like, of course that's a thing that would happen. Yeah. And like, what, you, what? Um, so, yeah, that's cool. I, I'll, I'll grab, uh, I'll grab the second novel in the series this weekend and start reading it for sure. Um, cause it, yeah, it, uh, it had its hooks in me for sure. <laughs> Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear the movie's good as well. Yeah, yeah that was my thing. Awesome. Why don't you tell me about, uh, you went to a Comic-Con recently. Let's talk about that. I went to a con I had never been before. Um, I don't know that I did, I don't know that I did the con justice. So I live <laughs> in the Northwest um, and Emerald City Comic-Con is a yearly event Um I have a, my partner is good friends with an artist, Michigan, who every year has managed to jury into um, the artist alley. Nice. So a portion of the con is dedicated to comic artists and they don't just, they don't just take anyone. You have to send some work. They have to review it and say, you know, to kind of weed through some of the, I think there is a level of quality that they expect, but there's also a level of, there's a level of storytelling. There's a level of effort there. It's not just, can you draw muscles good? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, there's a, is, does your work, inspire people to ask what's happening in the piece that you've provided is there a level of um wonder and expectation in what you've provided um 
and my partner's friend from Michigan um, has been going a couple of years and it's always been a, yeah, you're going to the thing. That sounds great. And now that I'm a part of a reputable podcast, <laughs> that's us. <laughs> I, I felt the to partake and see what it's all about and uh so i did spend a fair amount of time um at the con there is an artist alley people who have juried into people who have submitted some work and asked a panel of artists you know i'd like to participate and so there's some uh some subjectivity to their work and also a main stage where the the marvels and the dark horses and the dcs and the fun co's of the world kind of get a pass if you're big enough in the comic world you get a chance to showcase some of the work that you're doing and the idea is that you would bring something new something people haven't seen on the internet live paper that you can review personas that you can interview uh, in addition to some, some actual panels um, panels about, and I, I feel bad. I didn't get to any panels. Part of my participation was uh, this friend. I was kind of the sandwich runner, you know, I would go to Jimmy Johnson. I would get lunch. <laughs> I would go to the, the, the bathroom and fill up the inking accoutrement um, the artist alley itself was a really interesting place uh, fans of work could go to a particular artist I saw uh, Stan Sakai like right there in the flesh and he, you know he is... I, I've watched so much Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, okay. and Got it. the All spinoffs right. of, and he was right, like, he looked, I've seen pictures, and he looked just exactly as I'd imagined him in, my, <laughs> in the flesh, ten feet away, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, because he was going to lunch, and I didn't want to bother him, he's already bothered <laughs> so much, but um, artists like that, in the flesh, at the vendor at their booze um, that fans could interact with and share that experience with the artist to say, Oh my gosh, I've been reading your work since I was 12 years old, or, you know, you've been such an influence on my own, my own work. Um, it was a really cool thing, the artist alley. And in talking to uh, some of the artists who were there, who have done this as part of their regular calendar routine, mm-hmm. Um, that's not necessarily the same at every con. You know, some cons put more of an emphasis on Artist Alley. Some of them do less. Um, I lucked out and was given a badge that said Artist Alley or Speaker. Nice. And so I, I felt a little <laughs> guilty. I was walking vendors and they were being extra nice to me. You know, <laughs> they would see my designation. Like, oh, you're special. Oh, like, I, <laughs> And just the sandwich guy. <laughs> so, so in that relief guy. <laughs> in that vein, like I, 
<laughs> f- full disclosure now, sometimes get into cons as press because of pretty decent. <laughs> and, and it yes. is I will I will turn my badge upside down. So so like because it's so it in my shirt. it's so awkward. Like um <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. Yeah. But I got my own my very own bathroom, which I didn't have to wait in line, which is very nice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But the folks there were extremely nice, extremely supportive of fellow artists. Um, You know, when I forgot to hide my badge, they would strike up conversation. Um, (laughs) And not that they weren't welcoming to anyone who, who showed some interest in their work. Um, but I found myself kind of gravitating towards that artist alley. There was just a lot of really, you could see really passionate folks, Mm -hmm. people who really were trying to, to network and find a place for their art. And, you know, beyond the, whatever we might think, you know, all three of us, I think have a real love for, Marvel and DC and the universes they've created and the heroes that have spurred, that have come out of out of them, um, and these are the same folks with real talent for conveying some stories, conveying different art pieces, conveying different characters, um, wanting to break in, and it was just really fun seeing their their energy for the comic mm-hmm. their energy for the genre um i actually picked up a couple of pieces picked up some prints i know you were asking about prints josh mm-hmm. i will work on uh getting you some of those because there are some i it makes me curious how how is it that an idea like deadpool gets through i mean i know we're talking about stan lee and a million years ago I, I'm curious about how ideas come through because I saw a lot of really interesting, fascinating characters in ink, in yeah. color that I hadn't seen before. And I'm wondering what avenues they might have to break through. But it was a lot of fun. Um, I spent a lot of time in Artist Alley. I spent some time in the main exhibit floor seeing all the cool there <laughs> I kind of one one side is the there's apparently an R two D two group in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest that their 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 club their <laughs> their push is to create robots and they've done just amazing from the logistic to the aesthetic to the it's, it's you like were mentioning it's like like mechanical robotic cosplay kind of right like it's, it's so yeah. yeah like you know people put so much work into cosplay but then to to tie in the technical and electrical the the robotics of it yeah to not just have the costume for themselves but to <laughs> put that on the character that they then they then wheel around the con was that's pretty it's pretty great. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I you know, you're, you're mentioning like, you know, you're seeing all these like, you know, independent artists who haven't had a big break, but like 
have have kind of like amazing stuff and like how do what mm-hmm. how do they get the big break and like I kind of had I remember having a moment like that with music when I was pretty young, um, mm-hmm. you know, because like you, you hear music on the radio and it's like okay this is the good stuff and I remember there was a website at the time and I forget the name but it was essentially. Um, independent artists could like upload their own songs and it was like, they could like float to the top and you could discover music and stuff. And I, re- I remember first hitting that site thinking like, Oh, well this is all going to be garbage. Cause if it, if it was good, these people would have music contracts and would be on the radio and stuff. Right. And I remember like having a moment of discovering like, wow, this like random band that like no one's ever heard of is incredible. Like this is the coolest song I've heard all year. Um, and yeah, having that like, wow, like creativity and like artistry, um, can happen independently of success, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. um, an interesting thing. And like, you hope that it goes hand in hand, but there's so much more to getting a contract and, and, you know, getting in front of people. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, yeah, it, you definitely see some of that stuff where it's like the talent here is ridiculous. And you, you know, desperately want stuff like that to like win out. Uh, but you know, it, it doesn't always sadly. It definitely sounds like that your artist alley was was large and like and very fleshed out, and and I've definitely been to cons where it's much smaller. I've kind of seen like all the spectrums basically of like artist alleys, um, but it is super fun just to like wander through. Like it sounds like you had a really cool version of it where you were a bit more entrenched, kind of. You know what I mean? Like you you know you were able to be in there, but it's still fun to like wander through and like talk to people like. Um, you know, like talk to the person who drew the art that you're staring at, you know, <laughs> the table is like really neat. Or like, you know, you see like, uh, for example, like the one kind I went to, which I'm staring at a, a mouse pad, um, that he did now and I'm blanking on his name. So that's a bummer, but, um, he, he, he's, he's done a bunch of art for Hearthstone cards and it's so cool being like, Oh my gosh, you're the person who like, who animated like this amazing card. Like I'm really, we're like flipping through, the art being like, oh yeah, that's that card, that's that card, um, and yeah, it's just like it's really neat, um, and even even stuff like com- like like magic uh, conventions. So uh, when they have like grand prix and tournaments and stuff, I will often go to those when they're around, even if I'm not playing in the main event, just to do side events and like kind of do their uh, vendors and stuff. And they'll usually have like an artist and stuff there as well. And it's the same thing of like, you know, you have you've drawn painted whatever you've illustrated like some of my favorite cards in magic these like iconic cards and you're sitting in front of me and i'm getting you to sign a play mat that that you illustrated like it's a super cool experience for sure sure um yeah that and then you mentioned not getting to do any of the panels and stuff like those are always very easy to not get to do like you are i always feel like every time <laughs> i go to a convention it's like oh yeah i wish i would have done more of those but um, they are super fun. So anyone out there listening, if you are going to a convention, like do yourself a favor and check out like the panel schedule ahead of time. And if there's something that interests you, make sure that you like go make the time to do it. Cause it's usually just a good time to sit down and rest, but then it's also like always more fascinating than you think it's going to be even like there's really cool stuff and, and like all those cool people you're seeing out on the floor, the panels are their time to go get to like, you know, tell you about the cool things that they do. And like, you know, and that's, that's really fun for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I didn't end up going. So the two days I went Saturday and Sunday, I didn't, uh, I didn't go to any panels. Um, there were a couple I was kind of looking to, um, there was one on podcasting (laughs) incidentally, and there was one on world building. And I thought that them, 
that these panels being kind of devoid of the celebrities might be a little bit easier to do. Um, but A, I had some sandwich-getting responsibilities <laughs> for the artists who were giving me my ticket. And B, there were just lines. Like, no matter what the panel yeah. was, it's a really popular con. You know, there were folks there from Vancouver, British Columbia, and Portland, Oregon, and California. And, I mean, I mean, the... Probably the all reach, over the country, yeah. Like, yeah, was, the reach of Emerald City was pretty... It wasn't just Seattle. It was... It definitely reached out to a lot of the region. Um, yeah, it, it, it's so definitely, it was, like, one of the larger cons. Like, it's not a San Diego Comic-Con level... It's not New York level, but it's it's up there, right? It's it's, it's one that people have heard big. of. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. a larger. It was really, part. it was a really good time, and so I don't I don't feel bad that I missed out on the cons. I got a lot out of talking with artists. I got a lot out of walking the main exhibit hall. Um, one of the pictures I did post was Weta Workshop. which is the folks who have worked on, um, you know, their big claim to fame is the Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit. And the the photo, I don't know if you want to include it in your (laughs) YouTube version. I wish I had a better photo. He was so like, I wish you could have, I wish you both could have seen the guy. They made this, they pulled a guy out of the crowd, said, Hey, um, (laughs) everyone raised their hand. And they pulled this guy out of the crowd and they made him an orc in. It was a while. I mean, the, I, I walked back and forth between, you know, looking at the main exhibit hall and coming back to this, this studio a um, couple of hours. And they made him to look like an orc. And I wish you could have seen the moment where they held the mirror in front of his face. <laughs> he was so surprised. And, and the, the, I think the most amazing thing to me was that moment of, yes, he was surprised and he could convey that through so much makeup. (laughs) You you could tell that that he was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. That facial, it wasn't, I mean, it was, you know, anyone could put on a rubber mask, Sure, you know, that you buy from party city, but you can't convey an emotion through that mask. Yeah. This was makeup that was arranged in such a way that he could convey anger. He could convey happiness. He could convey surprise. I was 40 feet away, and I saw the moment where he looked in the mirror, and there was a genuine, oh, my God, what, what did you do to me? And I saw all of that. Um, and, again, Weta, W-E-T-A, uh, workshop, um Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. It's too many to remember. Uh, yeah, they've done a bunch. Spectral. Yeah. The go go to their website. Really look at their. It's the nerd utopia. It's the heaven. <laughs> All of us nerds die, and we go to their heaven. <laughs> this, <laughs> their, um, design and effects. Um, it's, it's really something what they put together, and they. Yeah, and they pulled this guy out of the crowd and said, here, we're going to make you an orc. And it's pretty cool. I am looking at their site now, and they, they even worked on, like, Thor Ragnarok, and they made, like, a bunch yes. of the armor and stuff. Like, they, they do a ton of stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, sure. super, super cool. 
And, and yeah, I think the cool thing about conventions, like, you know, you can, you can do them any way you want, right? Like if you, if you want to go and sit in panels all day, that's awesome. You had a great con. If you want to go just do the show floor, great. You, you had an amazing time. Like there's so there's usually so much stuff to do that. Yeah. You can just sort of do it however you want. And that's great. Yay. Conventions. Yeah, a, <laughs> I had a really good time. It was, I'd never been before um, to see so many people in one place sharing the passion, whether they were a vendor, whether they were uh, just an attendant, um, showing excitement for the thing that they love the most. Yeah. It was really a good time. I, I'm looking forward to, so we here in, in Indy, we have the uh, Indie PopCon coming up, which is a uh, kind of like pop culture, like YouTube streamer type focused convention, uh, but still has like some comics and stuff. And then we have the Indie Comic Con coming up, which is a great little show that has grown like tremendously uh, since it since it started. So those are both coming up pretty soon. Um, and then of course Gen Con in Indie is is like massive. It's like it's the biggest gaming convention in the country. Um, so that's always like just mind numbing how much stuff is at is at Gen Con. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited that we're getting into like con seasons and stuff around here. It's, it's getting close. So very cool. All right. So we, uh, we're getting, yeah, getting a little long here, but let's briefly, let's talk about Black Panther. Thank God. Yes. (laughs) Ross, tell me about Black Panther. Did you like it? Did I like Black Panther? Absolutely. <laughs> because this movie did a phenomenal job at so many different things. Um, not only was it an enjoyable movie, if you enjoy going to the movies, <laughs> um, it also brought back a an old formula in a new way. So at the beginning I said the 007 podcast from my point of view. <laughs> um about like a third of the way into this movie, I kind of saw what was happening. And in my opinion, anyway, Black Panther is the James Bond of the Marvel Universe. And I loved that sort of setup of how it wasn't just like, it's not like a Tony Stark character where he is everything to the superhero, right? Like he designed it, he invented yeah. it. He has Jarvis and he did all of that. Like it's he's, very, he's got he's his cue. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But like black Panther is like, okay, you're the, you're, you're the person on the, the front lines literally, but you have this whole team. Then like this whole, um, you know, it was bigger than just like a, an institution like Definitely. MI6, but it was like, you, you know, this whole country is behind you. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that take on it of like you had, you know, the scientist that was his sister and but he plugged in as like the ruler, but it was a council sort of thing. And I, I just I really enjoyed that aspect of it, of like the techie because they even did like the Q rundown, right? Of like, oh, <laughs> what new things do you have for me? Yep. Like, oh, that's gonna come up later in the movie. I, I was amazed at that point. I'm glad they did it. I was amazed that they did it that way that they made it such a Q rundown because it's like it's very clearly what they're doing like it's very clearly where they get that inspiration so I was glad that they didn't try to like hide that in any way they just like owned up to it like no no it's basically Q like here, here's some gadgets let's check these out um, yeah that was very cool 
And yeah, I, I agree. I hadn't, hadn't thought about that in terms of like the whole country kind of being behind him, e- even down to the, you know, this is a council that makes decisions instead of just like the king. Um, yeah, that's that definitely gives Black Panther a different feel for sure. Like he's always been the person in the comics too that like, you know, oh, I have to do what's best for like Wakanda. I have to think about Wakanda. Um, but this movie, you got to see why. You know, you get to see like what he's protecting, which is cool. Yes. I, uh, I thought all of the actors were great, and Michael B. Jordan again just keeps coming back to the forefront in my movie going experiences. I haven't seen like that did really well and he keeps popping up as like a super solid actor that I think is, is going to become more and more. This was the first time that I'd really like noticed him in something, I guess I'll say. Um, but gosh, was he good? Like he was, he was incredible. He was, he was definitely like the standout for me in the, in the film. I think, I mean, like everyone was really good. Uh, but he was, he was maybe my favorite coming out of it. I really enjoyed the, you know, Magneto has one of, has been one of my favorite antagonists in superhero movies. The idea that a superhero villain can have some real legitimate motivations yes. for doing what they do. Right. You know, <laughs> like there's a reason he has about... beef and it's not just to take over the world. Yeah, maybe they go about it the wrong way, but it isn't all about it, it isn't just evil for evil's sake. It isn't just power for power's sake. Like there's a story, there's a reason, there's a motivation there that I can kind of get behind. Like not that I'm behind I'm not behind the antagonist, but it makes their cause, their story interesting and when it clashes with the protagonist there's that not only i'm fighting this evil in the world but i'm fighting the aspects that you know the the ideas that i agree with that are embodied in this other antagonist i have to reconcile within myself like there's a man versus man and man versus self kind of all wrapped into one argument that I really enjoy, you know, the earlier, more simplistic, maybe comic villains of, I just want to be powerful because that's where, that's where I belong. This is a different take on that. And I, I really like, enjoyed that about the story. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, really good way to put it. Um, it, 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 it makes the villains like, hold water right like their mm-hmm. their motivations um it makes them have motivations instead of just you know evil for evil's sake yeah. and that definitely always makes the best villains and when you f- start getting into to this guy's motivation start start going the, doing the flashbacks for his story like like you're rooting for him like there, there's a point where you're just like yeah, like, oh my gosh, just do this. And definitely he, like, takes it too far and goes the wrong way after mm-hmm. that. But there's, like, a moment where you are so on his side with what's happening <laughs> um, that that it's really yeah. just wonderfully written in that in that regard. Yeah. And I thought that they, they did justice to the antagonist then in having the protagonist reassess the stances and values that they then hold. Yeah. 
because there's the whole the closing yep. scene at the end where they're at the uh, the United Nations and like there's a definite deviation from the way that things have been done whereas like others other you know hero type movies where it's like we fought the big baddie and like we're you know our way was the right way and we won <laughs> USA like, just, like, there's no sort of evolution of the character which like I kind of get out of like a Superman type character or Captain America could have been this way, um, but to do a good job of like letting him reflect. But in this one, I think it, it deviated into a completely new feeling at the end of that yeah. movie yeah, where that... it was like, Oh, like, yeah, some stuff went down and we need to assess how that affects us moving on. Not just like the mm-hmm. events happen and then you forget about it, but like this shaped, I think the, wakandan universe as it moves forward yeah that's that's kind of that like man versus self wrapped up in the man versus man that scott was talking about it's like you know like i i beat you you were the bad guy i beat you but like yeah you're kind of right like we're we're going about this the wrong way like let's change this um Mm -hmm. you know that's the the meeting of the goddess in the story circle, right? It's the like, okay, so I've returned from my journey having changed. What what, what have I learned from this whole thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's it's not I just... Take, I need to take some of this with me. I can't just... Right. You're defeated over there. I need to take some of what you believed and i got to incorporate it into what is good for me and for the community. Right. It's it's not just like Metropolis is saved. Throw a party, yeah. It's it's like <laughs> no, it's great. Like we made it through it, but let's learn the, these lessons. Um, yeah, super cool. The there's so many like little little pieces of Black Panther that we could talk about for hours. Um, not to steal your thunder, Scott, but one thing that you wrote down that was very important as well to me in this movie, um, and it's almost jarring when you see this because and it's it's sad, but like the fact that we have these like incredibly strong female characters like these just BA women um who are at the forefront of this movie um the the majority of like the like people who are fighting and stuff in this film are are female that then they're not sexualized in any way right like no. it's, yes I, like yes. I, I, yes. I i don't have like armor that like perfectly you know accentuates my cleavage i'm you know i'm not showing like copious amounts of skin despite the fact that i'm you know fighting with swords it's like i am reasonably dressed (laughs) i am uh there's i'm I'm not here just for the sake of of anyone uh to to hit on i am i'm a warrior first like i'm I'm defending my country my opinions matter uh and, and i'm and i'm also female and that that felt like such this like departure that we treated female characters like human beings in this movie and that made me sad for all other movies while i was watching this right yes but it's such a huge point in this you know it's such a big thing that casino scene i know it was it was kind of a throwaway scene in the middle didn't it didn't add so much to the story but just the idea that he was walking in and there were these two ladies with him, and it's the slow-mo, you know, I, I got images of Reservoir Dogs, you know, the the black suits and the black ties and the white shirts walking, and the just badasses, and it was these ladies, and they were walking in, and yeah, I don't know, they were just these strong female characters that really contributed to the story. It wasn't that just that they kicked ass you know, 
what they stood for, how they interacted with other characters mattered to the story and that they were females casting those parts and it wasn't just dudes. I I just, I thought that for all of the, all of the press that the, that the movie has gotten for being, um, bringing African-American issues to the forefront, I thought it just as much and surprisingly so, at least to me, bringing aspects of female empowerment and just that ladies can be badass. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I sent that message to you, Josh, after the movie, like, cause I, I really did feel like wonder woman even earlier in the year, like the Robin Wright Penn and just the, the, the badass ladies who are Amazons who had that great scene on the beach. Yep. Like they had this really amazing moment of, we are ladies and we are going to kick ass and you better watch out. And their moment in the sun, you know, I feel a little bad, but their moment in the sun was just so shortened by this. They were, they were overshadowed by these, these great like, characters. But it's a good thing. Panther. It's a good it thing that we have like thing. another it's, it's representation that soon, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes, for mm-hmm. sure. And I liked that there was the there was the badass side and the brainy side, and that they weren't mutually exclusive. Yes, yeah, definitely. In there, um, I thought that they wove that together of like the sister was both you know the cute character and she had a role to play at the end um, in like fighting for what she believed in, and the same with the the I guess the, so the, the the more female lead or the counterpoint to Black Panther. Uh, where it's like he becomes not the suave, smooth dude. Um, where the whole, like, he froze, didn't he? Like, oh, yeah, he totally froze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a fantastic scene of, like, I never freeze. And he gets there, and he's just, like, stumbling over his words. and becomes, <laughs> like, that 14-year-old kid that we all were at one point where you're, like, shuffling your feet. And, like, ah, the, the words, they, <laughs> they don't come out. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that that was great. They, they allowed for <laughs> like the characters to have funny moments and very human moments, but while still like not relying. I don't think any char- one character relied on another to define themselves. Each one was really well defined in its own right. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And I, can I just ask? Was Andy Circus in a suit for this? Because the dude was buff. He, I think he took drugs. I can't. Like, how was that Andy Circus? Right, because I was like, but like, how was that Gollum? How was that dude Gollum? He was huge, huge. I actually the first thing I walked out of there being like, was Andy Serkis green screen for this? And he's like, Christy didn't know. Like it was just, I, I I don't know. So I, I just had to do the quick Google to figure out which one of the characters was Andy Serkis, and you just blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Right, I had yeah. no idea that that was Andy Circus. Because I did a Google search, I was like, "Does Andy Circus have a brother?" <laughs> that is just like, did did he like cross pollinate with the Rock or something? What happened? Yeah, because I I'm, I'm just gonna Google normal pictures of Andy Circus now, real quick. <laughs> yeah, what what happened? I... What happened to Andy Circus? And are we worried about him having some sort of aneurysm? Right, he's just gonna, he's gonna explode. Anger issues. We're gonna be. We're gonna point back to this. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, well, was so right there. Oh man, that's that's. I crazy. feel like he is the abomination a little bit from the Hulk. 
I'm like, did we just juice Andy Serkis to the point where there's no return? <laughs> Josh, like, before we get too far away, one yeah. of the, the comments that Ross made about the ladies involved in the film, especially the sister, revolving around technology. Um, my partner turned me on to the New York Times article that I posted in the in our outline that Disney... There's been all kinds of controversy. Well, maybe they didn't donate enough, but they are putting a million dollars towards um, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics for for women, and almost kind of paralleling the the movie. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. Putting putting some money where their mouth is, and you know whether we agree with whether that's enough for a movie that's obviously going to gross. At least a billion dollars. I mean, they're already at the 700 million mark. That's not including merchandising. That's not including follow-ups. You know, maybe this is a drop in the bucket, but it's at least something. It's they're more than they pressure. had to have. Yeah, yeah. They're they're getting they're whether they're guilted into it or not. <laughs> it's motivation to put money towards uh, supporting uh, women in technology, women in mathematics and young girls, specifically the boys and girls club is where the money's going. Um, so if that can be something that can be linked in the video, but I think that's really encouraging that <laughs> come hell or high water, we're push the, the, the companies who, who release movies like this to kind of give back well, and, and put their money where their mouth is, kind of, right? Yeah. Like, it's really easy to, yeah. to preach this in the film, but, like, all right, now let's see it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. let's lay the, the groundwork and the roadmap for, like, how you could get into science. Yeah. And I think it's exciting how the sister really was, like, you know, it's mentioned in the article, but I really did think of Q, you know, when she was showing the gadgets and the, the crazy weapons she had for the fists and the her character in general, there was the smart you know, um, capable woman in this role of technology that I thought was really cool. And I'm, I'm hoping we see more of that. Yeah. And, you know, for, we mentioned the like representation, right. For like, you know, women and African-Americans in this film and, and just how important that is. Like, it's hard for us to even wrap our brains around that. I think, cause we've, We've been represented in everything we've watched forever since the beginning of time, right? Since since we, mm-hmm. you know, started partaking in media. And the the idea that there are kids out here now that are watching that can watch this movie and see someone that looks like them or has a background similar to them, you know, being heroic, like doing the crazy stuff mm-hmm. that happens in this movie is like incredible, like so heartwarming. You know, cuz like even even to you know compare it to me like i was attracted to spider-man growing up because he was the like nerdy kid who didn't have friends in high school like i i found someone who looked similar to me you know like i i was seeing myself on the screen and that now you know with black panther and, and stuff like more kids can do that more kids have you know a a mirror that they can kind of hold up and see themselves in is uh, is awesome. Like, it's crazy that this yeah. exists for that. Yeah. And the people that, like, would scoff and say, like, no, like, eh, it doesn't really play that big of a deal. So I, I work with students, like, uh, high school-age students from time to time. 
and I'm in like the same work area, but they can't always see me. And so they end up having very candid conversations that I can kind of eavesdrop in because I'm supposed to be like present, but not seen sort of thing so that they can explore and learn on their own. Sure. Um, And it's interesting the type, the conversations that have stemmed just out of this one piece of media Mm -hmm. of like students latching onto that and finding an identity and that it's okay for, it's okay to be like female and nerdy because you know, the, because they saw it in a, a pop culture context. And mm-hmm. oh, that's awesome. Like the conversations that have evolved out of that are really great. Or like students verbalizing to, you know, underrepresented students verbalizing to, you know, overrepresented or more commonly represented students, like mm-hmm. what it meant and how it has influenced like their community and their home. And like to bring it, like if, if people say like, oh, this doesn't really matter. This is, movie it's really dumb but like it resonates in a different way than i think some people realize yeah then you can even know yeah exactly Mm -hmm. uh that's awesome and yeah it was it was very sobering to like hear this of like i enjoyed the movie and like think of it from a certain point of view and that's all well and good but like hearing how it like getting that human component of how it resonated with a, you know a young kid is real was like didn't i wasn't expecting to be like caught off guard like that on it and i kind of was and was like sitting over there in the corner and like oh all the feels just showed up <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know i i, I also that, go ahead go ahead, scott oh sorry i just want to say i the one other thing i wanted to interject about this movie is that i do hope that because of the popularity, because that the studios are seeing that there is some real, you know, I'm studios are in the business to make money. And I hope that they can see some opportunities there. Um, I, I think back to Nightwatch and the watch movies of Sergei, and I'm going to mess this in the last name, <laughs> Lukyanenko. Um, it's a, it's a series of books it was made into some movies. I hope that people will check them out because they really are Russian director, Russian casting, Russian actors, hearing different voices within the film medium. You know, I think back to the, the crouching tiger hero house of flying daggers era. Um, you know, the fact that Guillermo del Toro won uh, an Oscar this year that we're getting some more. I, some more voices into the the media that everyone is seeing. You know, I think one of the exciting things about Black Panther was that nearly everyone saw it. It was on this big budget. It wasn't something that I had to go out and like research and find and spend hours on the internet trying to figure out what theater might be playing it. It was, <laughs> it got the attention and the, the backing and support that it needed. And I hope that that continues for other types of voices, African-American voices, uh, women's voices, other cultures. Um, I'm really excited to see, because, you know, I look, <laughs> I can only watch so many Michael Bay movies. Like, I really... Bailey <laughs> <laughs> just won. You and exciting and different. I mean, I don't think anyone could go in and watch Black Panther and say that wasn't different. That was so 
outside of what we had known before as a superhero movie. Yeah, it really was. And that's exciting. I want to see more. I want to see next. I want to see what's next. Uh, you know, um, yeah, it, much like I'm like growing very bored with like the AAA games of like, you know, the Call of Duties every year, like those types of games. And I want like mm-hmm. weird new mm-hmm. experiences. It's the same thing with that. It's, yeah, it's like, this is different. This is new. This is exciting. It's, you know, I can go see the same superhero movie, you know, over and over again. But no, I want this instead. Like I want a different take. I want to see different, different things, different people on the screen. And that's, that's exactly what I want out of, out of movies and out of games and stuff. Now I sure. loved in this one thing we haven't touched on that it was completely divorced from the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, there were no other superheroes in this. You know, because my, my big complaint with where the Marvel movies kind of went, like, the, if I, there was one thing I was going to pick out that I didn't like. You know, in in comic books, you always had your team-up episode or team-up issues. You always had, like, you know, the Avengers... But then they had their solo books, right? And, like, you know, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange would uh, not always be hanging out with the Defenders. He would be solving his own problems. And then he'd get together and, you know, meet up with Silver Surfer and Hulk, and they'd, they'd do group stuff. And it seemed like, you know, when they started mixing the characters in the Marvel movies, we, we got less of, now this is just a story featuring one of the characters, and um, it's going to be unique, and it's going to do things that only that, that character can do. Um, like Captain America Civil War is a perfect example. That was just an Avengers movie, which is with the word Captain America <laughs> on the front of it. Um, and it, it was worse for it, I think. But this was like, they couldn't have told this story with anyone else because it wouldn't have made sense, right? Like it was, it was so ingrained in, in Wakanda and like the, the nation was this, its own character in this, in this movie. Um, it was cool that they took a character and just kind of spun him out and told a story only they could that they could only tell with him. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I like that. So, you know, we're going to get him mixed in with the rest of the Avengers. We're not missing out on any of that. Uh, we just got to highlight what makes him unique in his solo movie and kind of do it in a way that you don't have to know anything else going in. You don't have to have watched 30 other movies in order to get any of it. Um, you can just enjoy it. And, and that's, that's the thing that I think that like, especially like Captain America Civil War is like a huge, huge lack in, in the rest of the Marvel movie universe. Yeah. But yeah, Black Panther, I can't wait till it comes out on, uh, video and stuff to, to watch it again because yeah. it's gosh yeah, it's so good. good so good and it was super weird to have Martin Freeman with an American accent <laughs> like that was for the the first little bit where he's in the movie like until they actually take him back to Wakanda like his accent grated on my last nerve <laughs> so I was like you just need to stop talking you are Watson and you fit in that, and you need to not have an accent. Like, he could have been... It was a bad American accent. And that would have been fine. So, and would have been okay. Oh. But that's like, your American accent is ripping it's me It's not apart. even that it was bad. It was just, I can't... Yeah, I agree it was that. It was, it was one of those... I can't it, handle you being not... It's <laughs> this, It's a voice coming out of a face that I... Like, it should not come out of. Yeah, like, yeah. I love Mark Hamill, and I love Mark Hamill's Joker. 
but I have nightmares when Mark Hamill when you watch it when videotapes, you see his face. Yeah. like when I watch him become the Joker. It's bad. Yeah, it's real and bad. Like, I can't do it, and it creeps me out. And it's, it was kind of the same thing with of in a different way, but they say I'm like, okay, so that's Martin Freeman, and that is some sort of Texas Kansas. <laughs> Hillbilly accent oh, trying to come out, and I was like, "I, you should have worked with Brad Pitt's dude. You should have worked with Brad Pitt's dude to form any sort of other accent." You know, and have you ever watched House Ross House MD? The yes, yeah, okay. Did you ever like feel like with him that he had a he was doing a bad accent, a bad American accent? So I didn't watch any Hugh Laurie stuff until Fine. after I'd seen him so as House. I, I watched, you know, I wasn't really, like, Googling Hugh Laurie or anything when I was watching House. I watched multiple seasons of House before even learning that he was actually yes. yeah, British. Um, and, and it was you know so... You the sad part where I realized he was British? What? what? Because he is a pilot or, like, a spaceship dude in the really crappy... Superman Returns movie. <laughs> is he really? <laughs> I think he is an extra in that movie where, like, Superman comes back and, like, saves the space shuttle or something. That's incredible. And, he, and I was like, I think we, like, backed it up, and you you don't see him for very long. But I was like, was that, was that House? Did he have a British accent? And that led down this, like, Google tunnel of doom. Just like, <laughs> oh, my God, he was with Stephen Fry. And oh, all my God. If you stuff. guys haven't seen a bit of Fry and Laurie, listen. I'm talking to you. To, I'm talking to the YouTube audience. <laughs> Please, right now, stop listening. Hit pause. Wait before I do that. You're not listen to my instruction. Go watch a bit of Fry and Lori. Any episode. Watch as many episodes as possible. It's so good. <laughs> the two of them are hilarious. Yeah. They, yes. Uh, they're they're a very yeah. good combo. <laughs> I think that led to a. It was one of those things where we were watching. That really bad Superman movie on like FX or something in college, and that led to wait, was that Hugh Laurie? <laughs> Which led to like, oh, there's 15 minutes till I have to go to my 8 a.m. class. <laughs> Crap! Great. <laughs> After just like binging a bit of Fry and Laurie for that long, <laughs> oh, I should I should should grab a coffee and go try to do chemistry <laughs> didn't do so well on that test i can i can imagine yeah yeah <laughs> it's kind of right out to the plot of the, all these episodes i just watched instead of actually answering any of these questions that seems <laughs> a better way to do it <laughs> uh all right gentlemen i think that we're gonna have to call it there um we have more things on the docket but we will move those to the next episode um yeah, that's going to do it for us. Thank you very much for being on the show, guys. And uh, Thanks, Josh. Thank you guys for... Back. Yeah, it is good to be back. This was nice getting back into it. Thank you, Thanks to you all out there for listening as well. Uh, make sure that you uh, listen and watch all of the daily Pretty Dece episodes that come out every single day. You can find those here on this YouTube channel. If you are listening to this in the podcast form, want to find the YouTube channel, visit prettydeceshow.com slash video to get to the channel. Uh, also, if you want to hear this in podcast form instead of video form, go subscribe to the podcast. Just search for Pretty Dece in all the various places where you get your podcasts. It's very simple. 
Also, we're available it's on true. the It's true. Even I figured it out. Even, even Ross can do it. If Ross can do it, <laughs> anyone can do it. And a little uh, fun tip that if, if you feel like, oh, I can keep up with it every day. So I put it on, I put it in, like subscribe to it. So it all fills in throughout the week. And then my last day of like a long commute is on Thursday. And so coming home to like kick off my non-commuting for the next three days is I, I roll through all of the Pretty Geese episodes on the way home. And yeah. It's quite glorious. Yeah, it's a perfect way Boom, to do it. Playlist. Nice little, you know, five or ten minutes every day. You, you store five of them up. You get yourself a full podcast there. You got you get, you get yourself a stew going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just like definitely comes off as a cheesy plug, but it is definitely something I look forward to. You know? Like, yeah. You, you've, I'm not gonna, like, I see it come up on the Twitter feed and and things of like what you've talked about throughout the week. Like, no, like it's Thursday. Thursday is the day to like compress <laughs> and to pretty decent your way into the weekend. That's at your point. You can like, uh, you, com- yeah, it's a verb now. <laughs> yep. Gotta gotta go pretty decent. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I am uh, going to a wrestling show tomorrow night, and I will be attending a press conference beforehand. Uh, so Whoa. that'll be interesting. I'll, I'll just go ahead and pencil that in, in to talk about next episode. Yeah, I'm sure that's sure. Legit. We need, we need, we need, we need details. We need to know what happened. I, I got invited to the press conference, Ross. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm invited as press to the press conference. We need, we need the press pass. We need the picture of the, Indeed. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that serious. I don't think that there's going to be press passes, <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely, I think you should make one. You just show up with my own. Just so you can show it to people. Yeah, like, we need the worry, with the press. Yeah, like I, I didn't think you guys would have these, so I, I, I took it upon myself to, to make my own. A little backwards R on there. That would be great. <laughs> uh, anyway, gentlemen, <laughs> let's let's give the people where they can hunt you down on the internet. Ross, where can the, where the people find you? Uh, so I'm on Twitter at LITU underscore 87. Occasionally I stream, but it's not been at all a frequent thing lately mostly because i don't have games that are worth like <laughs> worth playing streaming. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really boring to watch me like just collect rocks or korok seeds so you don't want to do that but uh occasionally i do that um but if you really wanted to watch these streams i would suggest scott's stream indeed scott. which is a nice transition over to scott yeah look at that i'm working on it <laughs> uh you can find me on twitter uh at schmizmar9 that's at S-C-H-M-I-Z-M-A-R-9. And the same uh, broadcasting on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Schmizmar9. Um, been playing some Thimbleweed Park. Indeed. Uh, got some other things coming up in the hopper. So, yeah. Lots of exciting stuff. And, of course, you can follow uh, myself and all the postings of the day at Pretty Dece Show on Facebook, and on Twitter. So again, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back in a couple weeks for episode four, continuing more of this discussion. In the meantime, have a fantastic couple weeks, everybody, and we'll see you very soon. Peace. What's up, everybody? I'm Josh. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's gonna be the. That's gonna be the promo. I was. I was thinking about like what's gonna be. Bumper. What's gonna choose for the. Damn it. It's it's you That's now. Great. Yep, that was amazing. It was so. It was so like perfect. I thought it was on purpose. What? <laughs> oh. All right.
<laughs> nailed it this time. I'm oh, sorry. So good. <laughs> uh, all right, take two. <laughs>